I'm your host, Michael T.Y.P. Cole, and because it is a new year, as is tradition here at uh, Radio Trivia, we have Greg Leahy. Hello there. Uh, it's Ian. We had had this uh, tradition has kind of morphed. It started with like me coming on every year that the rest of the guys were at PAX East. <laughs> you know, like Easter, and then somehow, right. mainly due to my impatience, and but still limiting myself to once a year, kind of morphed into January. Uh, <laughs> long may the well, tradition continue. <laughs> the PAX East thing isn't. Uh, I mean, there were a couple of years in a row where we actually had panels, and that really hasn't. Uh, Worked out for one reason or another uh, more recently. So yeah, oh yeah, that's it, that's how it started. Like I said, it's all some weird sort of <laughs> Chinese whispers version of the original tradition now. But um, yeah, I, I always enjoy coming on, and uh, yeah, I've, I've been listening to all the all the uh, the episodes in the past year. Uh, well, as always, all three of them. It's, it's a bit more than that. As usual, you know, there's some really tough moments when someone uses a game that uh, I didn't, uh, you know, get the chance to. I got pipped to the. I was so close to being able to request home improvement, and then you know, you, somebody gets in there and gazumps me. It's just tough <laughs> to take. I know that's a hot commodity there. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, we love you, Tim Allen. <laughs> it was. Uh, I did see quite a bit of that show back in the day. That whole thing was a bit of a nostalgia trip, unexpected <laughs> though it was. So we got five games here. Uh, Greg has picked most of them. There's one listener request that he does not know, as is also part of this tradition. He he's allowed one import game. So I, I do believe you you went with one import game. That's and, right. Uh, it's we're in, not going to reveal which one. Yeah, it's in there somewhere. I tend to mix where in the order it comes every year and all that. But yeah, well, one of these will be uh, something that was not released in the uh, in the United States region, uh, which you know is, is the typical stand. Although it's not, I don't think it's only me that's waved that. Like I'm pretty sure the Sacred Dead Sets of Three was was featured once or something many years ago. We may have had an all-import episode. Yeah, there was an all-import episode with Johnny as well. I remember that. So, but yeah, so that's uh, five games. Usual drill for you listeners out there. And uh, we'll see how this goes. I, I know the answer is I'm, I'm not playing along this time. No, you did well, though. I, I must say, with James, yeah. I thought. I did teach oh, you. Thanks, Decently, he show, he showed, it's tough. Showed why you are, you know, the quiz master of this uh, particular show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sad I didn't get my life as a king because I was so. Oh, close you were really close. Yeah, I'm kind of more impressed that you remembered the name of the follow-up. To be honest, because I feel like <laughs> that was the more obscure of the two. Well, the music does sound more like a king than a dark lord, so I really should have gotten that oh, if I were that you're close. You're hard but, uh, <laughs> to be fair, I haven't listened to the soundtrack for Dark Lord. Maybe it's the same soundtrack. Yeah. Uh... Right, so I'm not playing along. I, I, I really should clarify that, because sometimes I am playing along when others select the games. Um, but I'm not. You told me. I, I know what they are. Um, maybe I could have been smarter and played along, but I didn't. I think it would be a bit much <laughs> too in a row. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, game one. Very good.
very ominous. Yeah, that was the uh, the feel good kickstart for 2017. I think everyone was looking for. <laughs> Terrific, fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, but you know we will go other places in this audio odyssey. I promise you. <laughs>
Let's see a bit more you know, beautiful, a bit more uplifting, uh, that one. Huh? Uh, I think that things have been destroyed and now they're all iced over. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they could be that as well, I suppose, an alternative explanation. Uh, well, with that dichotomy in mind, I don't know whether maybe people have a good sense of this or maybe they won't, but there's always the bonus slash hint question, perhaps to point them in the right direction if they need any help. So uh, for this one, I've set, I've set up this teaser. Um, how did the marketing for this game reference the final boss from the first entry uh, in this series. hope that one there may have given people at least the uh, the sub-series uh, for this game because I feel like it's got a number of kind of signature elements of the uh, mm-hmm. soundtrack that perhaps the first two didn't have. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, I'll reveal the game. This is Metroid Prime 3 Corruption for Wii from 2007. Wow, I haven't played this game in, like, nine years. It's scary. In the summer, it will be ten years old. And, in fact, you know, that was some of the reason it's this kind of came to fruition this year because it's it's been on you know my sort of list of game ideas for a long time i kind of felt like oh maybe let someone else do it or whatever but you know if it's getting to the point of the game's 10 years old uh perhaps, perhaps now is the time to step in and also you know i think i misspoke last year when i said that that, that was like the eighth year in a row that was the ninth last year so this is my 10th year in a row appearing on the show uh my first year being 2008 uh so not the 10th anniversary, the 10th year in a row of me being on this podcast, so it feels right to have something, you know, of a similar age. (laughs) (laughs) See, this game actually came out in the Radio Trivia era, and yet still hadn't been used till now. It'll have slipped through the cracks, I guess. 
you know, it's one of those, well, it's, it's too obvious of a pick. I can't use it. You know, it was one of those things where it's like, I, I never, and then I knew you wanted to use it, so I've been kind yeah, of Yeah, we, we've probably talked about this like six years ago. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. The first time it came up, and then it's just sat there for this long. But, you know, it's um, it's an interesting soundtrack. I mean, in many respects, that you're right, you know, the obviousness comes because there is so much of it that does have these kind of signature elements that are in the other two Prime games um, done mm-hmm. by Kenji Yamamoto. Um, you know, the sort of um, electronic elements. The synth choir is very kind of popular yes. um, that you heard in the Dark Samus boss theme. I mean, that's the thing. The difference with the soundtrack in this game is that there's certain aspects where it kind of deviates from the kind of signature style that was established in the first two which is more electronic and kind of went more movie score-ish. So, you know, like so even the the second song there, which was the Sky Town sort of theme, like it's it's more, you know, it's not so much the synth voices, but the more of a natural sounding choir, you know, and then the first song is more kind of something that you might think would be like a Resident Evil game or something, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, it's going for kind of tense strings and all this kind of stuff. And, and then there's probably you know, the, the, something I haven't included here, but there's this where you get like, of course, some of the Metroid Prime 3 brought in really that the other two games largely didn't have it was like cutscenes you know and dialogue oh, yeah. with the Galactic Federation people and the other bounty hunters and stuff and what that meant was like again like typical kind of movie score stuff for like oh there's a space battle happening between the space pirates and the Federation so you've got these kind of you know typical kind of fare for that sort of thing which you wouldn't have found in the other two Metroid Prime games right if it's been a while since you played this this really it did show where they were going with other M to some extent. Um, there, there are several things about this game, if I remember. I, it's so hazy, my but I mean, the very beginning is just very talky, very talky. Yeah, and, although I imagine um, if you were to play this and then other M, it probably yeah. wouldn't seem so talkative by comparison because you know, at the time <laughs> no. it felt like as, as talkative a Metro game as it had been, although you did have fusion where there wasn't audible talking, but there was, you know, text dialogue. Um, sure. But, yeah, I mean, Other M, uh, which you know, was was quite some time later, uh, you know, f- four years later, was it? I think uh, Other M, when it finally... It was sh- on Wii, so... Yeah, yeah, it was four, yeah. four years later. You know, I think that that went, you know, even further in terms of the uh, the dialogue stuff. Uh, but, yeah, because once this gets going, it's 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 not so, you know, like, uh, it's not punctuated with, with dialogue no, as, uh, no. as Other M would be. But, you know, in terms of the music yeah I mean there's a similar thing in terms of like this is more movie style but the mm-hmm. difference is that you know there's there's plenty of parts of this soundtrack which are you know could could be off one of the other two you know and, and in fact there's naturally enough bits that do very directly reference uh, songs from the other two for instance that last uh, theme there was a, sort of the, the, uh, a theme that's used during a fight with Dark Samus who of course you fight multiple times in the previous game so it's a sort of remixed or punched up version of that song from Metroid yeah, Prime I was, I was going to ask you about that because I, I, like I said it's been so long since I played this game um, I thought Dark Samus was in the second game he, she appears at some point in the third oh, game? Oh, yeah, she's still, like, the main antagonist in, in, the, th- in the third game. Um, but you How do, do I not remember this? But you only fight her once. She's not, like... You, you, the thing with Dark Samus in 2 is that you fight her a whole bunch of times. Um, right. You know, sort of throughout, even though she doesn't seem as directly sort of the antagonist in that game as she is uh, in the third one. But you have to wait until near the end to fight her in the third one. But that's, that's probably my favourite version of that theme. It's not that different, but it just kind of feels a bit more intense 
minutes. Um, you know, just kind of interested to hear the electric guitar come in in Metroid, but that is something I think that snuck in the second one as well a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely there as well. But you know, I mean, the, 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 it was a great. You know, it's, it's something about the the soundtracks I think, which um, you know, it kind of indelibly associated with the games in my mind. You know, that kind of mood that they managed to strike and the atmosphere of the world they kind of created in general. I think the sound that Kenji Yamamoto sort of forged in the first one, you know, he got it so right, it didn't have to change too much uh, mm-hmm. for the for the next two games and did a good job. And then just, uh, again, like I said, he just got these sort of elements, I guess, in the music that are almost similarly a little incongruous as they are in the game, you know, uh, with, with these sort of um, cinematics. Well, there are a couple of things about the third game that are a little in Congress. I feel like the third game is a little bit less cohesive as a world. Oh, it certainly is, because they, they literally have separate worlds, you know, which, um, again, makes them able to, like, maybe do even more kind of distinct soundscapes, you know, when you think of, like, you know, that sort of heavenly sound of Skytown versus, mm-hmm. you know, the way the Space Pirate home world sounds or, you know, um, the, the first world, the Brio sounds or whatever. But, I mean, they were always distinct before because, you, st- you know, obviously the... the but I guess I guess probably Prime 2 was the, was the one where they felt the least different, arguably. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the different... I mean, this is, you still add your kind of, you know, your your wasteland and your swamp and all that, but they're not as different as this, where, especially with the way that Retro put so much kind of detail into, like, all the kind of symbols and artifacts and architecture and stuff, you know, they actually had to do kind of different cultures this time. Right. You know, so, you know, that did kind of manifest itself more strongly to try and suggest that these were actually separate planets and uh, and, and the music kind of I feel like was a little more diverse to reflect that well we do have a hint question to answer we do um, yeah this is a fun it's certainly one. not something I remember this is a fun one I remember this being discussed on RFN you know years before I was on it the first time uh, this is back in the you know the original cast days um, so yeah the, the marketing that I was making a reference to there was a special Wii preview channel on Wii that was uh, you could download and install uh, in the run-up to Metroid Prime 3's release that would basically just play you trailers for the game. <laughs> this was, you download that. Yeah, this was their <laughs> way of like trying to push stuff uh, that they tried out with a few things here. Um, and one of those focused on the Aurora units that are in this game, uh, which are sort of giant to organic computers and uh, it, it's only really in the marketing material that this connection is sort of illusion is, is very strongly made that you know this, this uh, it shows like blueprints for an aurora unit in a kind of uh, installation a complex that looks exactly like turian from the original the end of the original metroid so it's like well basically the federation has built mother brain knockoffs is it was kind of the thing you know i mean they looked quite mother brainy in the mm-hmm. game itself but they you know they were kind of sort of stretching to make the connection more uh, explicit in this little bit of marketing that i don't know how many people like even saw or <laughs> it's quite interesting they've uh, tapped that well a bit too many times i mean the, the whole uh, spoilers the uh, main villain of other m is essentially a mother brain oh god knockoff that as well thing, that thing uh, of sorts uh, but, and then, <laughs> but then of course there's there's ridley who comes back more than anyone ever <laughs> like as well yeah, yeah. I, I i've said it uh 
I can't remember exactly what um, I think it might be a listener mail question or if there was someone said you know do, is there a character that needs to go and I said like yeah just let Ridley go he's, he's, he's been in it enough <laughs> you know and I guess you could probably say that for all the the original kind of three villains of, of me although I guess Craig hasn't been um, worn yeah, out so he, much he's but. he needs to be let go if they can't make him an interesting boss yeah, well, I think with Craig, I think, didn't they? I think, isn't it true that they wanted to put him in the original Metroid Prime? There's, like, assets for him or something in the game somewhere, but it, but it obviously didn't happen. Um, but so, yeah, he's ended up being lesser repeated, whereas, you know, poor old Ridley, he's, he's seen some action over the, <laughs> over the decades. Let's just put it that way. Yep. Okay, let's go on to the second game. Absolutely. Strong bass and percussion is going to be a theme here. I'll just uh, say that much in preparation for the next two songs. (laughs) 
more guitar. It's uh, that, that was an in- <laughs> it wasn't an intentional theme in this episode, but there's more there. Uh, but uh, we've got a, a hint question here. Perhaps <laughs> this is total trivia. <laughs> I'd be surprised if this helped anybody get what the game is. I'd be surprised how many if any, how many people without very good memories uh, would uh, would know this at all. But anyway, so the the hint question is the background art for the opening stage of this game. Game, shamelessly mimics which anime feature film? Definitely a fun song, although I doubt terribly revealing for anybody. It's actually from quite deep in the game as well. Even if you played it, it might not be able to give it away. I don't know. But uh, I can reveal that this is our import game for this episode and for this year, I suppose. Uh, uh, This is Last Resort, a uh, Japanese Wii Virtual Console release from 2011, but originally uh, released for the Neo Geo in 1992. Uh, So so this is an important uh, distinction here. I I know at least in, in the West we have a arcade virtual console platform, so to speak. 
in Japan, the virtual console, do they have a separate system called Neo Geo? Oh yeah, well, no, well, no, we, we had Neo Geo, don't forget, we had Neo Geo games as they did um, as oh. well, yeah. So, okay. And we both so it's had, not much I paid attention to those. And we both, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, and we both had arcade virtual consoles as well, but in both cases Japan had very many more games. Uh, you know, on those, you know, in those sections, both the arcade and the specifically Neo Geo ones um, that we did in the West. Uh, this is kind of from the the latter period, towards the end of the Wii's life, where in Japan, for whatever reason, um, you know, the virtual console support did kind of dry up to a large extent. Uh, but for, in the last couple of years, it was dominated by Neo Geo. There was like they'd had this earlier flurry of Neo Geo games, and then they kind of came back around to all these other ones uh, just at the end of the system's life and, and included quite a lot of you know sort of um, famous kind of Neo Geos insofar as they are uh, Neo Geo games um, and uh, you know stuff like Metal Slug games and and uh, you know other sh- this is a shoot 'em up but other famous shoot 'em like Polestar, Blazing Star you know so you got these kind of cool games that you know c- can be quite expensive to get hold of if you was playing on original hardware and all this kind of stuff coming right at the end of the system's life and as I had a Japanese Wii you know I was uh, downloading those and and some I think may have ended up coming west as well but certainly not the whole selection because it just it just seems like um presumably based on sales they're just less willing to release third party stuff especially third party platform based stuff outside of japan at this point um you know so yeah i thought this particular you know this last result i think it would have come out in the west as a neo geo game but not on the nintendo platform um, uh, so yeah, just just for the Japanese Wii Virtual Console. But um, first of all, I guess we'll do the hint question uh, just to get that out of the way. The uh, the anime which is uh, ripping off in the first stage is Akira, uh, which you know, came out once sort of like four years before this or something. And obviously quite influential and <laughs> popular in that area. Um, you know, and it is shameless. It really is. I mean, <laughs> there are side-by-side pictures out there, look at that, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's uh, practically identical insofar as it could be on the, the, the resolution of a Neo Geo game. But um, yeah, it's kind of interesting aesthetically this, because it's got a lot in common, in general, with R-Type games. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so, there's a fair, there is an, a lot of overlap between Irem uh, people and SNK. In terms of, you know, I think um, a certain amount of ex Iron people formed Nazca, who made a lot of SNK stuff, like uh, um, the Neo Turf Masters golf game, and, you know, all sorts of stuff, you know. That, so I'm not sure exactly, you know, to what extent this, you know, very directly patterned on R Type game actually had people that worked on R-Type on it, or they were just kind of really strong, you know, they were just gripping from it like, as shamelessly. It, it was an arms race. It was an arms race with that turbo graphics, man. I mean, <laughs> well, you Neck know, and neck for last this, place. This, <laughs> this was, you know, uh, something that um, kind of had a similar style to, to R-Type in terms of quite, you know, detailed for the pixel art of the time. You know, kind of gritty looking. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but obviously with this sort of slightly different kind of 
environments and things, you know, rather than kind of more explicitly kind of space based and, you know, kind of the Giga the artwork and all that kind of stuff. It, it, this was obviously yeah, based on anime, but actually most of the environments are terrestrial. You only go into space at the very end of the game. Um, in your see with you know your spacecraft, <laughs> it looks like one anyway. Um, you know, so it's got like all these kind of industrial kind of areas and, and kind of de- destroy a very kind of apocalyptic, you know, dystopian future that you would expect from something influenced by the anime of that sort of time. But uh, for a shoot 'em up, it wasn't too kind of cliche looking and looks. You know, still that pixel art I think holds up really nicely today in a way that like say some of the pre-rendered stuff that was used for later in the OGO shooters like uh, you know Polestar Blazes it doesn't look they, they I don't think they hold up quite as nicely in that sense so um, you know I do think it's a good looking game there's clearly plenty of other influences that it's really working hard off in terms of you know, a boss that's pretty much uh, an endoskeleton from Terminator which I feel like the soundtrack is, you know, trying to kind of evoke similar feelings in places, which is understandable again with kind of the industrial, you know, sci-fi kind of theme to the whole thing. Uh, but it's all—it's also, you know, a, a really fun soundtrack as well. As dark as it is, it's you know, it's quite moody and you know, it's definitely not as sort of happy as a Gradius soundtrack would be or whatever to kind of fit with the aesthetic of it. The, 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 kind of the driving beats and all that still make it I think, quite fun to listen to as well as kind of appropriate for the game. Just a minute, the Faison's taking over this episode. Everything's <laughs> corrupted. <laughs> yeah, we've all got those those little seeds in us uh, or whatever. You know, it's not that bad at first, but then, then your eyes turn blue. <laughs> but no, I mean, this this is, if you like R-Type, this is so R-Type. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it, it's so clearly patterned on it. Um, but it also kind of expands on it a little bit because you get... Uh, the sort of uh, droid, the uh, drone thing, whatever you'd call it. Um, the, it was called Ford the Force, or I think in, in our type. Um, in this game, it's, it's very similar in a lot of ways, but you've got a little bit more flexibility in terms of like where exactly it's positioned around your ship. You can kind of cycle it or lock it into a specific place. But then also mm. it kind of enhances the risk-reward element in terms of... Whereas you could detach uh, the, the, the force thing in, in R-Type and have that go and shoot stuff. In this, it's much more kind of like, um, uh, was it like a, a ping pong ball on a string? You kind of like, you, you shoot it out and then it snaps back to you. And that does mm. really big damage to bosses or, you know, tough enemies and stuff like that. But of course, in the interim, you're unprotected. So I feel like that design, you know, kind of was a logical expansion of what you had in R-Type, um, but also kind of made it feel a bit more sort of quick twitch as well, rather than sort of um, R-Type sometimes could be a little more strategic in terms of like when you're just going to like leave the thing off your back for a while or something like that. So it was, uh, I, I felt for a fan of R-Type, this was a really kind of cool spiritual kind of successor, if you like, um, you know, and uh, it's it's, it is predicted, you know, uh, as a result, predictably very difficult. I haven't actually beaten the game. I've got deep into the final stage, um, but I couldn't quite get to the final boss. And apparently, there's some sort of ghouls and ghosts thing going on about doing it twice. So yeah, it's never going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's never going to happen. 
Well, I don't know how you'd be able to play this game if you don't have a Wii Virtual Console. But yeah, yeah. Who, who knows? You know, we don't know what. Uh, I'm not sure if it's if on any, co- this kind any of, of the sort of compilation stuff that that has been done for SNK games in the past. Um, you know, but it, it's not like one of them. I think it's kind of less celebrated than stuff like. Polestar and Blazing Star, even though I might give it the edge for my own personal preference, not just in the aesthetics, but in the gameplay as well. I, I really, really liked it, but um, you know, I guess uh, it's mostly kind of uh, a forgotten sort of offshoot of our, of our time, but um, you know, if, if you're somebody who still craves these kind of experiences, it might be worth looking into if there is a way you can Greg, I, I, I suck at those games. I don't know. We, 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 come, you, we, we had our time last time with James. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm not... Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm terrible at those games on portables. Uh, so... <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I want to like those games, and whenever I would play them, I would just get too frustrated. It, it's, it's not like a first-person shooter where it's like, I'm just not having fun. I would have fun playing R-Type or... Life Force or, or whatever, but I would just be so piss poor at it, and I, you know, I just never felt uh, the need to, to bang my head against the well, wall. You want you want to talk it. about an arms race? I think that was really the problem in arcade tubers of, of that day is that they were kind of seemed to be in an arms race, not just to be prettier and more eye-catching than than the next guy, but to be tougher than the next yeah. guy. Um, you know, and then when you come into it cold. In you know, you know, decades later or whatever, it, it's uh, it's tough. <laughs> it, it is tough, but I, I still feel like this was was well designed enough to kind of join through somewhat. But then you know, I was I had plenty of conditioning for this sort of thing as a child as well, which still stands you in good stead uh, despite the years that have passed. <laughs> Alrighty, well, we're going to go on to the listener request now. So, Greg, you are playing along. For yeah, this yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't get it last year. I got in the neighbourhood, but I didn't get it right. We'll see how it goes this time.
the guitar marches on. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm intrigued, but um, I'm not that optimistic about it so far. We'll see what happens. got a guess in mind but let's uh let's give me the question see if it uh, reinforces or completely detonates that idea okay here's your hint question what letter of the alphabet is the name of a special agent in this game Well, Greg, mm, well, yeah, let's hear what you got. I see, yeah, the hint question's kind of here and all there with me. Uh, I think it's the, uh, the guess I've got is like the, I was waiting for something that should have sealed it and it never came, so I've kind of soured on it, but I'm gonna have to go with it anyway. Is this Castlevania Judgment? No, that is oh. a good que- good guess. <sighs> I have not used that. Um, this is House of the Dead 2 and 3 Return for Wii, which is 
course, the repackaging port of House of the Dead 2 and House of the Dead 3. Um, this is the earliest request that I have not used. Oh, um, going all the way to, re- <laughs> to go- that. So, so it was requested by Andrew Newton in March of 2008, almost nine years ago. Um, I really hope Andrew Newton is still listening to this podcast. Because yeah, I finally used your ever. request. Better late than ever. <laughs> yeah, he, he had actually requested House of the Dead 2, and I don't think that came over by itself. So th- this is the uh, twofer that came out for Wii. Yeah, they did a bunch of those, didn't they? Uh, you know, Sega just putting out uh, well, and other companies as well. Uh, you know, the light gun games that could be oh, easily yeah. adapted with the point. Uh, RFM favorite target terror. Uh, if you remember mm-hmm. the chat from that time. Yeah, so this is. Uh, I remember playing House of the Dead two in, in the you know the arcades every once in a while. You know, just another quarter muncher, right? And um, I, I like what this game tries to do. I like that it's telling a story while doing this railgun thing, but my god, the voice acting is terrible. <laughs> it's, a, it's something I've always heard about. The thing is, I mean, I don't know whether I played two, but I definitely played at least the original House of the Dead in the arcade once or twice. But it, I don't know whether it was just the machines weren't calibrated correctly, but I could never really hear the voice acting of, uh, or not, I don't know whether it was voice acting, but just the sound in general. Um, over the din of the rest of the arcade, so it's probably for the right. best or something. Well, maybe that's why I didn't remember until I, you know, I just go on YouTube. You can watch a playthrough of <laughs> yeah, House of the Dead. Just watch the first five minutes of it. And it's like I, I, it's ambitious, and they pull off some stuff, but in the voice that you know, it's definitely of the era of that original Resident Evil, where they just, uh, well, I guess we got a U.S. subsidiary. We could, you know, just get a couple of those people to go in a recording booth. Yeah, and, basically just know. like the least, <laughs> cost, the least costly English speakers they had some tenuous connection to. They could ra- ra- rustle up at short notice. Right, and what, what's voice direction? I mean, what's, what, what is a director? The, the what, words are, are there. It. What yeah. more do you need? <laughs> yeah, <really>? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, it is pretty cool because, you know, it, it's real time, you know, telling, talking to people and then, then you're shooting and then there's another little mini cutscene and you shoot. And it, it's pretty cool what they did. And for the time, it really was um, novel and obviously it caught on. I mean, didn't they make movies based on this damn franchise? I think, uh, was that an Uwe Boll job or, or, or perhaps uh, not? I forget. Never, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But that, <laughs> uh, yeah, I forget because there, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> there's a lot of them. He churned out a lot in a short period, but I could be just conflating that with something else. But I, I, <laughs> needless to say, I've never seen it. But uh, you know, I didn't I didn't get around to playing many of these light gun style shooters that came out in the Wii period. I did play Dead Space Extraction, um, which had a lot of the, you know, the same sort of thing going on in terms of you know, telling the story, you know, during the gameplay mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, it's not like a cutscene. You know, you don't necessarily like kind of know, you know, when it's going to shift in and out of the action kind of thing. But of course, you know, being as that was actually made for Wii and, and you know, when voice acting had moved on and all that kind of stuff, and it's a know, newer game. It's yes. associated with the Dead Space production you know which obviously had much more you know legit voice acting and a western publisher and all that kind of stuff i imagine mm-hmm. it, the storytelling was uh, some some way uh, better than uh, than house of the dead but you know i mean i guess that's uh, not the whole thing about it you know but just uh, the, for me um just the kind of fast-paced uh, shooting gameplay could have been fun but sure. uh, it was one of those you know because I mean, there was overkill as well on Wii, of course which was uh, 
the one developed by um, Headstrong Games, I think they were called at the time, oh, right. but um, also known as Kuju, who uh, the, the Battalion Wars that was featured last time. Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, they did um, Overkill rather than uh, Sega themselves. I, I think you've used that, haven't you? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I want to feel like maybe Neil requested it or something. I know he was fond of that game. Um, and I, I always thought it might be interesting to try one time, you know, sort of a co-op run-through on a lark if I got it cheap. And then it just kind of left my mind, <laughs> you know, and I, I never did get around to it. But, um, you know, it's the kind of thing you wouldn't mind, but... Uh, you know, they haven't necessarily kind of, I think, I'm not sure, it's either because there was Resident Evil as well, Umbrella Chronicles and Dark Side Chronicles, they did this, you know, they made like light gun shooter interpretations of certain right. entries in the series, and all. it was this whole like revived subgenre on Wii for a time. Um, so this one was early, uh, this was an early game, it probably got out there ahead of some of the other ones that were more of a, a, a remake or a yeah. or, or a spin-off, which I'm sure those are better games than this. Not 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 to speak ill of House of the Dead two and three, but those were direct ports that are you know or, or actually more accurately, I think they ported the PC version of House of the Dead two. Right. Do we? And I think the House of the three was based on the Xbox version. I I think that uh, the review said that one doesn't run very well on Wii. Uh, but two, they said was good on there, and, and uh, but yeah, it's it's it was old hat, but it was, they got ahead of. I think it got out ahead of some of this other stuff. Yeah, even, I guess like you said, tough. Sega kind of repackaged and reworked some stuff for House of the Dead Overkill. Yeah, it's kind um, of tough because I mean, obviously, you're talking about an arcade game which you know, was originally based around what colors you alluded to, like being kind of flashy and and you know, sort of cutting edge and stuff. Um, whereas you know, years later on Wii, it's not going to be any of those things. Whereas the other game, you know, some of those other games were made to be home experiences. Um, so they at least try to kind of flesh things out a little more, um, you know, knowing that you know you, you you're not like you know going to be putting quarters in to extend your credits or anything. Um, so you know, like I said, maybe um, those other games would be kind of more substantial. But in a way, maybe uh, you know, there's something to be said for the sort of the purity of the arcade, uh, you know, ethos in a game like this. So it'd be interested to see which one I'd prefer if I actually tried both. Well, I have no idea how easy or hard it is to find a copy of this used somewhere, but uh, came out in I think all all major regions. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you could probably find one lying around. To answer the question. Yeah, that that agent thing should really have. have like I said that it, it's um there is a weird character that's called something in, in Judgment Castlevania Judgment that's like a new character. So I was where you know that wasn't already in the. Um, Castlevania universe, so I was wondering whether that could be an Asian character or something. Yeah, that, that started the the warning signs that that was not the correct thing. I was, I was, I was just all that organ and guitar and stuff. It like it, that does sound like the, what the, the style they adopted for Judgment. But I was waiting for something distinctly Castlevania, you know, a recognizable melody. I thought maybe you could put it off to the third song, and then when it didn't come, it's like oh, it's probably not it, is it? But uh, anyway, <laughs> the agent is. Agent G, uh, Agent G. Like really, he, apparently he's in all of them. Okay. Uh, he's in pretty much all the House of the Dead, or at least the the original series. Um, so if, you, if you're familiar with House of the Dead, you, you've probably seen him. He's like the first thing they mention in House of the Dead Two in the cutscene. Um, so he's a prominent character in the, the House of the Dead series. 
Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's funny because Judgment really, it, it does have an arcade sound to it, uh, I've always thought, and even though it's not an arcade game. And I guess this just reinforces the fact that I would conflate the two. Um, you know, it, it's that sort of uh, kind of quite, I guess, again, because it's got to fight through, you know, the, the, the noise of other arcade machines and stuff. It's quite busy isn't it uh, you know with all the different elements of it and there's another Castlevania arcade game actually that was um, I think it was one where you had like an actual like whip prop or something I forget <laughs> what that was called but yeah that's got a similar style too so I get it's sort of it's just you know kind of a I guess it's a tried and tested kind of arcade style of music but you know it did seem like it would really work pretty well in this context I think of a zombie shooter Well, we're going to move on to the fourth game, which is another Greg request. So yeah. I'm sorry, Greg, you you, uh, you didn't win this you, time. You got me. Another, I mean, at, least, at least I had the series right last year, I think. Uh, yeah, this go is going downhill, I guess. You can't you can't give me Mario Kart 8 every year, as wonderful as it would be to keep hearing that music. So, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Well, maybe we'll see what they release on uh, Switch. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Intriguing uh, first song and uh, notable, I guess, in this context for its absence of electric guitar. <laughs> Hello. 
Well, uh, no, still no guitar, but uh, we do have a hint question for everyone to uh, see if this will help. I think it's a little more helpful than some of the ones I've given. Otherwise, <laughs> there's no great distinction. Uh, but uh, here we have a downloadable update to this game introduced an optional new playstyle. What was it? Now uh, we can reveal the identity of the game, which is uh, Scram Kitty and his buddy on rails uh, for Wii U from 2014. 
uh, and I suppose yeah, just directly to go on to the uh, the uh, answer to the question, the update, which was quite some considerable time later um, uh, than the, uh, the I guess the game had been out there in the wild and kind of they got feedback on it uh, to devise this update, but it gave you the option, you know, a pretty game-changing option, to actually sort of uh, shoot independent of, of uh, the way your character was moving on the titular rails, um, you know, kind of make it more like a traditional kind of twin stick shooter than the game was sort of originally designed as uh, so yeah that uh, was an interesting case and in fact because I bought this early on yeah, very early on I think pretty much straight away and played it I've never gone back and played it the other way uh, so, uh, I would think it's a pretty different experience. It's yeah. almost like a second quest. Yeah, I mean, look, fundamentally, it's going to make the, the experience easier. Clearly, you know, I mean, this kind of you know, see, if people don't know, um, about Scram Kitty, you know, it was developed by uh, uh, Daco Daco, um, which is uh, you know, a, a developer who sprung out of Dylan Cuthbert's cute games. Um, I, 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 Rodri, I think I forget it's the first name of the uh, the chap that set it up. I, I'm, I'm blanking on his second name just at the moment. But um, he, uh, yeah, he kind of sp- uh, broke away from Q Games and started doing his own indie games. I think somewhere on um, PSP before this. Um, but yeah, and then Scram Kitty came along, and I think now you could get Scram Kitty on uh, PS4 and Vita as well. That came later, Scram Kitty DX. But um, you know, originally, I guess, you know, maybe it, it was more. It, the original design was more restrictive in the sense that you know, you're this ship that's uh, going around everything in the world in these sort of is kind of quite cartoony sci-fi environments but everything has got a magnetic kind of surface on it and you are going around those surfaces often they'll be kind of circular or you know sometimes they'll be broken into little platforms that you could kind of charge yourself and, and sort of ping from one to the other so that you detach from one surface and attach to another but originally you could only shoot at the angle that you know you were pointing at being attached to a particular surface so you know if you wanted to you know uh, shoot in a different direction you was gonna have to move around the surface to achieve that um right it was, it was always uh, perpendicular to essentially your direction that's right so you know it's um it, that that was kind of what i kind of felt was a pretty fundamental kind of limitation to the game in terms of the way it was balanced the difficulty mm-hmm. it all seemed to fit together very well it certainly could be challenging um but but, you know, I, I felt like, you know, the game made sense the way it was. I liked it a lot. Um, so I would be interested to see, you know, how much, you know, how different it is. I mean, I don't think it was the only difference, that optional update that was made to the game. You could, you know, there were other tweaks and balancing changes and all sorts of things. So it would be interesting to go back to it and see how different it felt. But certainly it seems straight away that it would did that massive increase in flexibility of being able to, you know, sort of shoot around you like that. Um, uh, it would be, would make a huge difference. Cause it, it's kind of, for me, it kind of makes me think a little bit of something like a, you know, a ghouls or ghosts, you know, if you, uh, probably a lot of people would want to control his movements in the air because it feels so restrictive that you can't but you know the game was designed around that you know so it, it, it feels like um, the while the extra flexibility would feel nice I'm not sure whether the overall experience would be actually better for it you know because it's it's about mastering you know those um, you know the, the abilities you have within those limitations that makes that kind of experience really satisfying to me I don't know. I only played a, a demo of this game, so, but I 
I definitely felt like that was the hook that you were kind of restrictive there. Um, I, I found the level to be a bit aimless, but maybe they just chose a bad level to demo or something. It's I, interesting actually bringing up the level design because, I mean, it's a little unorthodox in some ways, you know, compared to, it's not like a, you know, a twin stick shooter, you know, that's just like a, a score attack situation where you've just got waves and waves of enemies or something, you are talking about levels, um, you know, but also there's this sort of odd component to it that, that you are rescuing cats in these levels, but you rescue them in different ways, it's almost like a miniature... Mario 64, you know, in terms of like that you have different, you know, worlds in Mario 64 have stars, and you get stars for doing different stuff, um, you know, and, and so, in this, you know, it's like you you, know, you get a cat, uh, like, a certain way, you know, just sort of going from a, 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 the end of the level, but then there's like a sort of specific kind of uh, cat challenge that everybody made the levels where, like, you kind of, it kind of goes from, you've got to chase after it, and it kind of goes from place to place, you know, it, it, it very quickly, and you've got to keep up with it and you know that requires you know, a more advanced kind of uh, precise command of the the movement of the character to keep up with it and stuff and that's you know one kind of, of way to collect cats of it and you know obviously you would need to if you're going to 100 the game you need to collect those but just in terms of unlocking more levels and kind of seeing you know the, the the broad sweep of the game you don't have to collect those you see so it's it's interesting the level design in terms of it's not just totally focused on one kind of challenge it's like well we're going to try and put multiple challenges in the same space and i don't know whether yes yeah, some of them kind of seem a bit unfocused as a result okay well uh you can obviously still buy it on wii u and oh like yeah you said, it's on other platforms too um i want to say it may also be on pc hmm. uh, no, it's. Uh, mm-hmm. I think um, you know, it was during you know, the time that I was not on RFS. I had not really spoken about it there. But Guillaume Haas, uh, I, I seem to remember, he was a, a fan of this game. And uh, you know, like I said, um, it, for the main, you know, I, I really quite liked it too. And certainly the atmosphere uh, is 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 nice. I think the, the soundtrack is pretty much a perfect complement to the kind of bright and colourful uh, aesthetic that the game has. Um, it's got it's got a little bit of that sort of. Uh, um, yeah, it is, you could see it's a similar to, you know, maybe some of the work like that Jay Kaufman for, does for, for you know, some of these sort of retro-inspired games like uh, you know what um, Way Forward does with Chante and so forth. But it's got more of a European flavour to it. You know, it is composed by someone based in the UK, and um, you know, it's got it calls back a little bit to. Um, you know, those sort of Commodore SID synth music games. I remember we did um, Vortex a few years ago, the Super FX game that uh, came out Super Nintendo, and it's, it's not the same composer, even though there's some weird, yeah, I guess there's some links there in terms of, you know, Dylan Cuthbert and the FX chip and all <laughs> this circuitous kind of relationship between these people, but it, it, there's no direct link in that sense, but I feel like it's got a similar kind of vibe with, uh, with the synth. That it's creating there. Um, yeah, obviously it's higher fidelity than something like Vortex was all these years later, but I think it works on uh, some of the same levels. Okay, we got one last game here. We do. So yeah, we do one more, and then it's all over for for another year. That's right. Well, yeah. the March to twenty eighteen <laughs> begins. <laughs> 
that's some rousing stuff there. The organ as well making a big comeback from uh, House of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my electric guitar, damn it? It's, uh, it's out, it's out, it's passe. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we're certainly ending uh, on an energetic note here with this game. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, bring it a little bit. Just, it's only fitted given you know, where we started with the, the, the horror movie music. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. That's a bit of a contrast with the first song. Um, not sure what sort of frame of mind that's going to put people uh, in with uh, getting the game, but this this again, I feel like is a more genuinely helpful question <laughs> rather than just a bit of trivia they have weird affection for. Uh, this game's primary antagonist purports to be which major historical figure?
Nice way to close it out, I feel there. Strong on the brass. Where's my electric guitar? No, no brass. It's all brass now. Yeah, brass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep, so, yeah, quite a range of, uh, of instruments and styles in those three uh, songs there, but I um, wonder whether maybe people have been able to guess this. Um, this is Rhythm Thief and the Emperor's Treasure, uh, which came out on 3DS in 2012 from Sega before they kind of dialed everything back to Aliens and Football Manager and Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) This is also requested by Remy Rovelli from Albuquerque and uh, amusingly enough he wrote the same hint question you did pretty much. So what is the answer to our hint question? Yeah, so the the, the, so the villain in this uh, at least you know, appears to be, claims to be, Napoleon Bonaparte, you know, you know, a very famous uh, French uh, emperor and uh, military genius or whatever uh, from history. So yeah, that's, uh, it is, it's not often, you know, that somebody like that is a villain in a video game, or at least seems to be. Um, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting game. This both you know, in the way music is, or the, the kind of music that's involved, um, because it is a music game, as you might expect you know, from the, the the rhythm thief in the title. It's a rhythm game, but you know, rather than like uh, you know a lot of rhythm games where you might get kind of um, a, just a sort of a broad range of things for the hell of it, you know, just a wacky non-sequitur films of the nature of a rhythm heaven game or you know games that use original you know songs that already exist from pop music or whatever you know this is uh, rhythm games contained within the context of a continuing story an adventure story you know the basis of people say a Professor Layton style kind of structure but with rhythm games instead of logic puzzles um, so you still do get really quite disparate, uh, you know, sort of types of music in the game. Um, and there's a bunch of red herrings that you could have gone down with the song suggestions. Including, I think there is a song like straight out of Samba de Amigo. That's not surprising. Yeah, because no, there's a, a, a mini game that's very sort of directly inspired by it in in the game. Um, you know, so it's only natural that they've got to reference that in the music and quite a number of references to classical music. Of course, we had Bach in the second song. Yeah, but I didn't it's funny that you chose that because for the longest time there, there's some RPG I played in the past that also uses that song in some castle setting and. I haven't been able to figure out which game it was that I played that did that. I thought it was a Dragon Quest game. I haven't been able to figure it out. Maybe it was like Wolfen's Song. I, I don't know. I, I haven't, I haven't been able to figure it out with you know Google searches and the like. So mm, yeah, I mean it's it's you know there was an air in G or whatever that, yeah. that piece of about like it's it's very famous. It's been used in so many settings. Um, you know it's kind of interesting to throw it in there. But that 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 particular sort of mini game that's used for you are actually using the stylus to kind of play you know sort of somewhat emulate playing the violin and you know this is the thing like unlike some mini games what this sorry some rhythm games what this does is kind of have as well as like so maybe different musical styles for different sort of scenes in the context of this continuing story it had very different input methods and, and you know like all this the sort of stuff um, you know they were infamously gyro based ones which really did, did performed quite poorly in terms of you know it, it just the precision 
is not really there, you know, in a rhythm game <laughs> to, to be doing gyros. I think it's like you were operating a hang glider or something, if I remember correctly. It's been a while uh, since I played through this. So you were sort of banking the glider, you know, to avoid obstacles in, in time. And it just, it did not work very well, um, as you might expect. Uh, so it did have, it was interesting, really. It had the feel, you know, even though it did take a while, um, you know, sort of after... 3DS launch to to arrive, it had the feeling of an early game because it's like kind of let's use everything, you know, uh, everything that the, that the system has. You had that kind of sort of experimental, um, you know, uh, feel and sort of box ticking at the same time feel that the launch games sometimes have. Um, but you know, uh, it, it, while it's sort of, I don't think it's uh, as a rhythm game alone, you know, really solid enough to with the very best in the genre you know the overall package is, is quite distinct and uh, quite enjoyable and the music is really vibrant and fun throughout you know I mean I think one of the things that's interesting as a result of the fact that it's got this consistent narrative going on is that you actually get you know as well as sort of these references to Sega games and classical music or whatever like a jazzy version of the Blue Danube and all sorts of things you also have your know, original themes for the characters themselves as you would have in a film, you know, their own motifs that, that kind of recur. Like, for instance, in the first song that I just played there, you've kind of got a motif of the main theme, you know, the, the, the rhythm thief himself. Uh, his, his kind of theme is, is woven into that, and you get a similar thing with other songs where, you know, music that you've heard kind of in the cutscenes and, you know, over dialogue and stuff is, is then woven into the actual sort of mini-game music set pieces as well. It's, it's an interesting kind of relationship between the two, and in general it feels like they really kind of work well together, and it, um, it kind of gives the music in the minigame sometimes more meaning as a result because you know you've been hearing sort of this, some of these motifs during the game before hmm. no it's cool. it's uh, it's it, it's it, you know i mean it's something that um you know I, I think has been available on sales and like the humble bundle that they did and stuff so probably a lot of people have had the chance to check this out at this point if they were interested um, but you know it's it's got its rough edges but uh, I, I certainly like the overall experience um, and, and the music is a whole hell of a lot of fun a lot of you know, lot of brass a lot of jazz kind of influences but it's not limited to that either and it but still works as a whole so you know I, I thought it was you know, time to use it because you know, I'm not surprised someone else requested it because it's because it is so much fun but yeah, I'm a little bit surprised it's taken this long time to get here to be honest you, you accuse me of uh, saving this for you? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. No, but, uh, no it's, uh, you know, I, I, like, I, I, I've struggled in the past sort of thinking about putting, using other music games. I went with Rhythm Heaven last year, but that was a bit trickier than this in some ways. I feel like this is really natural radio trivia area stuff, and it's it's fun to use because of how eclectic it is in some ways as well. So, you know, if there isn't like the same kind of consistent style that you saw with some of the other games we did. Well, uh, I'm sorry. I'm running out of steam here, so we got to Absolutely. This it's uh, uh, another one in the uh, You're the one who's on a crappy time zone. I, I mean, a crappy time zone. Uh, <laughs> up really late. <laughs> Let me try that again. 
Uh, you're the one who's up probably at like two in the morning right now. Sure. Yeah, up. yeah. I'm caffeinated, uh, watching uh, bowl games. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the uh, you, 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 I always, as I say every year, I always thank you for indulging me on these uh, each and every year uh, and uh, having to edit around my prattling <laughs> and whatnot. But uh, it's just as much fun now as it's ever been. You know, ten, tenth year in a row running, but another ten years, I say. That's what. Oh my. Uh, okay. Yes. Another ten years. Yes. Um, I want to thank you, Greg, for being like the only person who still plays my uh, levels. Oh, in, of course. Uh, Mario oh, Maker. Mario Maker. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> you've, been, you've been going at that for like a year and a half now. It's still, they're still coming. I, I, I pick away. I pick away. I pick away. But I reached a cap here where I'm at 50 levels and the stars, they just don't come anymore. I, I've playing. done everything I can. I'm so <laughs> I know. I, I, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I hit a wall long ago where I just couldn't really do anything approaching good levels anymore but uh, I'm really thankful for people like you who still do and well so, there, there are people much better at making levels than me and uh, some of them actually make good levels not just auto players so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm always <laughs> impressed by some of the stuff people have come up with uh, no, there's, there's, there's some really clever stuff being done with that game uh, you know, yeah. uh, to some extent I guess it's only natural it might get more clever with time but um, no, I, I, I love playing your levels uh, they've been pretty consistently released for like what 16 months or whatever it's been alright well uh, you can listen to Greg uh, every week on Radio Free Nintendo yes Absolutely. they're still around too yeah, yeah we're still around uh, Dovey you could suggest uh, any music for us at rfn at nintendoworldreport.com um, when I'm not hogging it sometimes <laughs> as, as I as very much as in this episode here you know every now and again a, a chink of light shines through the gloom of me and uh, we have a listener request at the end. I always enjoy uh, hearing people's suggestions, even if they don't make it onto the show. It's great to hear the uh, music that I might not otherwise have had the chance to, which is part of what makes this show such a such a pleasure. That's right. You can send your requests to uh, typ at nintendoworldreport.com or fill out the form that's linked on every episode page. Uh, and if there's a game that we've already used, and you can you can check the uh, forums, which I'll try to update. Remember to update this time. Um, <laughs> if it's a game we've already used, then uh, send a particular song you really love to uh, RFN as a request for uh, any music. Absolutely. Excellent point. Yeah, uh, either way, there's someone you can send your request to. It's an intimidating list at this point, as you might expect, given the number of years this has been going for. That, that, that <laughs> We have used a lot. But there's well, still... Let me, let me, let me look at the count. I haven't announced the count of how many games we've used in a long time on this show. It's got to be north of 700 now, right? It is. It is. Um, well, 714 plus the uh, five we just used, so 719 games have been used on this podcast. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you all for listening. It's, uh, you know, you say how many years, and I always poo-poo, but, you know, how frequently I'm doing this, and... But still, that, that's a pretty impressive list. It is, um, it is, and you know, even though you, you I guess, it, by necessity, you were getting some deeper cuts, especially at a time where you know Nintendo's current output is is less, um, you know, intense yeah. than it's been in the past. <laughs> I, I imagine that will change as this year rolls on. I might have a bit more of a 
a buffet of, of stuff next year to the, although yeah there was some there was some good stuff this year I didn't use just because it was kind of behind the queue of some of the other things but yeah um, uh, it, I, I still feel like we're finding uh, some really cool things to show uh, to, to, for people here on it uh, all joking about home improvement aside <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you gotta have the full gamut of uh, things that were on Nintendo platforms, right? Yeah, no, I think, I think that's, that is legitimately true. That is one of the coolest things about this is how you do really do get to see, kind of go through that journey of like the whole range of stuff that was on these platforms. All right, with that let's wrap this up. Good night, everybody. Bye bye. See you next year. <laughs>